Welcome to Amity Rose, the podcast. I'm your host, Amity Rose, a certified hypnotherapist and transformation coach here in Los Angeles. Here we will dive deep into topics like self-love, self-mastery, shadow work, and reprogramming the subconscious. This podcast is for the woman who is on a self-healing journey and is looking to embody her most powerful self. Here you will find spiritual and energetic tools so you can understand and fully integrate your human experience with your spiritual nature. I am always on the healing journey with you. Thank you for being here. You guys are in for such a treat today. I got to interview my dear friend. She actually became my dear friend on this episode. So you are listening to us begin a friendship, which is really quite special. And you can just feel the connection that we have just being soul sisters on the same path. And my podcasts are always like just intimate conversations. I don't treat them like a podcast interview. I treat them like I'm having a conversation with a friend and then I just choose to share that conversation with the world. So you really, you feel like you're like listening into an intimate conversation between two, you know, powerful spiritual leaders and it's awesome. I loved listening to it again. I loved editing it. Uh, and we talked for almost three hours. So I actually had to break up that into like a part one and a part two. But all of it is so good. This particular episode, we are talking all about how to navigate to be in a long-term relationship, stay married, happily married, while you're an awakened woman and your partner may or may not be. You know, they have religious ties or just have different beliefs than you do and uh, how you navigate that as a woman and then also parenting children, you know, how we navigate that space. And so this episode is just filled with so much good stuff, you guys. I had so much fun. I know you'll enjoy listening to it and stay tuned for next week when I drop part two. So just even saying your name, just even seeing anything with you in it and having that word, you know, because words have frequency and vibration. Just by the words you have in your work, brings people back to center. I love that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That's wonderful. And that I totally know this. We'll like totally get into that. But um, yeah, that's why I chose the name um, being because I'm like a mom of three. And I found myself doing, doing, doing. And I made a hard stop and was like, this is Darcel being like no more Darcel doing this and doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that just makes my day because the more women my whole I do a lot of things. But my whole, like what lights me up and you can tell, like I literally get so passionate is women remembering like their innate divine power. Yes. So many women think they're broken. Something's wrong. I was traumatized. I'm not worthy, you know, and it's my life's mission. And I know it's yours as well. We are reminding them, right? We don't do anything for them. We remind them of what has always existed within Right. And we just help them kind of clear the junk that has right. like blinded them to what naturally their divine innate power that's within them. Yeah. And like watching a woman come into that remembrance yes. is the highlight of my life. Absolutely. I'm a hundred percent with you. Absolutely. That, right? All of that just is resonates completely. Yep. I love it. It's, it's what we do. It's what we're called for. And that's why, you know, awakens us and invigorates us so much. Um, and even what you said about like the remind, that's also, I'm like, man, it's all about helping women to like recognize and 
you know, I love reading and writing. So I was like, let me look into the breakdown of the word recognize. And I'm like, oh snap, recognize, like cognize, cognizant, knowing. So when you recognize or recognize something, it's a knowing, it's a re-knowing. And it's like, we all know already what we're called to. We know our path. We know the way we should take. We know who it is that needs to be in our life. We know these things on a spiritual level, but it's up to women like us to help people recognize, recognize it. And, you know, that's what we're doing. So I, I love that. Absolutely. That's extraordinary. You know, when I told you when we started, I'm like, you're my people, like you're my people. <laughs> yeah, I totally we speak, agree. We speak the same language. Absolutely. And I do. only have one level. Like I'm intense. And yeah, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you're intense too. <laughs> me too, for sure. I, zero to a hundred. Yeah. A hundred, right. And some for people sure. can't like, I'm too much, right? The too muchness. Right. But when you find somebody that will meet you like at the depths, where I know, I just looked at your work and I'm like, oh yeah, she like, this is where we live, right? right for but sure. what that is, is like, I feel like we're like a lighthouse, right? Yeah. Like we live here yeah. and we stand firm and we like shine a light, like to show women, like we're here when you're ready. Right. Get that guidance that kind of brings you home back into yourself. Right. I feel like you and I are women like that. We like, we stand firm here. We right. We guide you yes. back into yourself. It's, it's so true. And I found that, you know, like it's, you know, it's difficult. Sometimes it's challenging. I'll say, um, in love relationships, especially because we have this one level and it's like, you, you want to meet people and you don't want to, you know, not lower, but like, you don't want to go to that frequency. You want them to rise up and meet you where you're at. And, um, it's, it's, I've been married 12 years and it's still like, we're revamping and figuring our stuff out. Cause it's like, as I constantly change and evolve, it's, it's this process where you're like, man, you need to come with me. Like you got to come with me or maybe the journey is not meant to continue and trying to figure that out. It's just, but a lot of people aren't honest about that. I find too. Um, I haven't met too many people like, you know, you and I, but when I do meet them, I always ask I'm like, so what is kind of intrusive, I guess, but I'm like, how do you do love? Like, how do you, how do you do relationships? And pretty much similar answers where they're like, I'm, I'm figuring it out or like, I'm still trying to call on the one because this is not an easy path or calling that I'm on. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. It's, it's a lot. It really is. It's wonderful and beautiful, but it is very nuanced and complex at the same time. Girl. So I got three kids myself. We talked <laughs> with mine are older, 18 years with my husband. Wow. Yeah. So wow. we, we could totally talk about the journey of navigating that because my husband is into none of the stuff I do. I don't and know. He's like, <laughs> like I met him at church. So and when I was like on that journey, so like I met him in church, I was the worship leader for my church for 10 years, went through my spiritual awakening in 2018, deconstructed whole different path. And he is like, he's wonderful. He's very opposite of me, very quiet, very laid back, but we are on like two different planets, honestly, because I'm like all about like spirit, universe, God, like all of it. And he's just like, holy crap. He's like, where did this come from? Because we met and started, you know, in church and yeah. very conservative Christians. So he's just like, he's very understanding and kind and patient, but overall it's me. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just at a strange place. Cause I'm like 12 years, three kids, they're young. And I'm like, I don't want to divorce him. That would be, you know, I don't know, but I'm just like, I don't know what to tell him. Cause I'm like, I'm not going back down the mountain. I fought too hard to be this woman that I am today. 
And yeah. under no circumstance am I going, which she's not asking me to do, but I'm like, I'm not going, I'm not going back. And it's only going to get higher from here. Higher and hotter is what I, is what I think. So it's really strange. How do you, how do you find balance in your, in your love life marriage? Oh, so I have found that because he's not on this path at all. We've all, we've evolved parallel. Like you mentioned it, like he, one can't be growing. If the other one's not growing, you will grow. The, the relationship will end. Right. So right. one thing that my husband and I have always done first off, he is 100% supportive of right. whatever I do, whatever right. Looney tunes, woo woo idea. <laughs> I'm going to do this training. I'm going to get certified. And I'm like, I, girl, I have like a hundred different <laughs> certifications. Like, he, right. he accepts me and loves me like wholeheartedly for this like wild woman that I am. Right. And I, I think that's foundational. Right. For sure. And then he grows with me, not on the same path, Right. But he's growing and working on himself constantly. So we're always parallel, always moving forward, always evolving. And that seems to work for us. So as long as right. like the other partner is involved in some kind of personal right. development or growth, whatever right. that looks like, I find that two people can stay together, especially if they have that like foundational Right. I love you. I get you. I'm, I'm your right, right. guy. Right. Right. Super true. Yeah. But that's if that awesome. space, if that gap gets too much, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, for to, sure. To bring it back. For sure. And that's what, um, and like I said, he's great, very supportive and a lot of good conversations about it. And we kind of talked about that where I was like, Hey, you know, I'm not expecting you to, you know, come with me into the wilderness because, you know, Jesus had to go for 40 days alone and all of the great masters, they went by themselves at um, separation before the elevation. So I'm like, I get if you're not called to go with me. Um, but I'm like, I guess as long as you're supportive, it works. And I know that it's more so like what I coach and do. It's more so about a mindset shift and me yeah. understanding that this identity shift that I have undergone and this journey that I'm on, it doesn't have to look this, it's not going to look the same for every single person. So if I coach people on that, I constantly remind myself, if I'm coaching people on that, I have to remember also, it is going to be the same in my very own household. It's yeah. not going to look the same for me and him or my mom or my sisters. Like as, as when I ground myself or recognize, recognize that truth again. I love that. Recognize. Is that so cool? I'm like, I always use that. Yeah, that's when I find peace again, when I'm like, it's going to be different for every single person. And that is okay. That is okay. And that's when that settling comes back in. It's just like, okay, Darcel. It's, it's always better. more challenging when it's in your house, right? When you're working oh, with yeah. a client, you can give the wisdom, right? <laughs> and then they go home. But when it's right. like you live with it, <laughs> it's always it's more challenging. Totally different. It's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's- I'm even the state- of trying to change, of trying to change him. Mm -hmm. Like, cause I awakened and I was like, Oh my God, you need to know this stuff. Like there's so right. much you got to know. Right. And he, all that did was push him away and shut him down. Right. And I was like, wait a minute. And when I backed off and I found honor, like you were just speaking of honoring his path, however right. that looks and honoring right. my own path I found. And I bet you found this too with your husband. We're the, we're the leader. And right. if we give them time, I'll find my husband. Like he'll be talking to a friend and he'll say something to his friend. And I'm like, that's, that's me. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. I said that to him like six yep. months ago. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So it's like, we, we have an impact, but right. when we don't like, you know, make it happen and we just be right. Being, right. 
Mm-hmm. And you just be, I found that my husband naturally, like you said, naturally will elevate to the right. space where I hold. Right. You know, and then, and that's how it works too. So if you just be like kind of that silent leader. Right. Super true. That's that invitation for them to elevate. Has your husband ever like gave you back stuff? You're like, has. I noticed it's um because I, I love reading. I just mm-hmm. love, love, love reading. Um, And I'm, I love being a student of life and of myself. So I'm constantly reading, like if I'm eating, going to the bathroom, I'm just always reading, reading. And um, he wasn't a big reader. And I just noticed probably like last month or so, I know like he had a book on the nightstand and I'm like, you know, peeking over. I'm like, what's he reading? And it was like the power of the subconscious mind by Joseph Murray. And I've been heavy into like Neville Goddard, Joseph Murray, Earl Nightingale. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, what? And me being, I know. And that's for him. That is like wild because it was always like you know like td jakes or like the like hardcore christian books so when i asked him i was like oh wow you know cool book and he's like yeah you know i i went through your book i have like a little um bookcase and he's like yeah i went through your book and just saw it and just thought i'd read it and i'm like oh do you do you like it and he's like yeah you know they're saying some stuff and i'm like yeah whatever but still it's the point of for him to be reading that is like mind-blowing even if he doesn't want to talk about it, which, you know, he's not really too open to talking, but I'm like, that's still a seed. And my um, saying on my book page, because I'm also an author, it's everything you read is a seed. So you have to always plant wisely. Mm. So to me, I'm like, this is a seed that he is planting in the fertile ground of his subconscious mind. And we know the subconscious mind, its only job is to create and bring it, bring fruit forth. So the very fact that he planted it, and I didn't have to like, beat him over the head and make him read it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see what fruit comes forth. That's just super exciting for him because year, like two years ago, never, never, ever, ever would he have. So I'm like, whew. <laughs> that mirrors my, my husband's not a reader and I'm an avid reader. If I could show like my whole, and it's all like personal development, books, right. you know, I'm always, and he's not a reader at all. And mm-hmm. then uh, I haven't had that experience of of having him like come get my book, but I, I know what that would have felt like when you mentioned right. about seeing that, like, you know, how far a leap that is. I found yeah. too, like, I don't think they don't want to be told, right. They want to feel like it's their own idea. Yep. Yep. So you, just living with you, he's in your energy, right? right. And he's transforming, even if he doesn't think he is. Right. They need to feel like it's their choice, their idea. Right. So he went to your books. Yeah, the book he started. So they have that autonomy, right? Right. Exactly. I think that's important. I think especially to males. It is for sure. And I'm like, eh, whatever. But I'm like, no, let me. <laughs> I was like, let me just the same way I hold space for clients. Let me do the same for him. Yeah. And let him do it on his own time and not press too much because, like I said, I was like being annoying. I'm like, oh, reading my books, <laughs> are we? And I'm like, oh my gosh, dark self, leave him alone. So now that I haven't said anything, I'm like, well, we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. Yeah, super. And then exciting. just him reading, he'll start exactly. changing. Just reading the words, you transform. Right. Totally believe it. And I'm like, just don't get, you know, he gets like, it's not, well, you know, I don't, well, I don't know if you know, but like, you know how religion programs, like so much fear, it's so fear-based. So I'm like, I've seen that before where he might be like, oh my gosh, you know, what are you reading? Be careful. And like all this fear that I don't subscribe to anymore. So that's just something else. I'm like, I know if he's reading it and you know, some of the books will say like, you are God, you're God in the human form and things that I'm like, yeah, exactly. 
But um, I was like, I know if he reads something like that, that's when that fear-based programming will do what it's designed to do, which yeah. is throw up that firewall and be like, oh, be careful. This book is saying you're God, blasphemous. And I'm just like, well, if then he wants to talk about it, like I'm totally open to talking without judgment. But again, it's like you said, it's all, it's all his journey, however it's going to unfold for him. We've had my husband and I also pretty, not serious Christian, but Christian, right? And it's very uh, connected to the Bible and the Bible is true. Right. And I would, the intense woman that I am, you know, I would present, uh, hey, this book has probably got a lot left out of it. And right. it was written by men, right? right? Who had a purpose of manipulating the people. And I was like, let's just, this is possible, right? I mean, I don't think I did it as nicely, but he was like fiercely <laughs> protective, right? Because oh, that's yeah. his identity. Oh, yeah. So we would have several arguments about, and I had to, sometimes I'm, I am, I just, I push too much. Right. Me and too. as soon as I like backed off and it was like, I, he has never told me to change or believe something. Right. And I was like, and I wasn't, I wasn't giving that to him here. Right. I am like, you know, trying to like diffuse all his stuff. And it was like, he's just such an amazing man to even as like what I was trying to do to him. Like he, he never would ask that of me, never make me change my beliefs, never make me. And he was just, he held steady. Right. Until I realized like, what am I doing? I know. You know, and I got a little wiser. <laughs> I know I'm, I, everything, like we are people's like that totally resonates. I, I've done the same thing. And sometimes it's so challenging for me because I'm like, oh my God, our kids are so young. I have a six, four and two. Yeah. So a lot of times I feel like I'll be like, oh my gosh, they're so impressionable. Their subconscious mind is wide open. We can plant whatever seeds oh. and see them come. And for me, I would be like pounding it into him. Like, no, no, you know, you need to change X, Y, Z. Cause I feel like I don't want our kids to be influenced or indoctrinated with the same fear-based program programming that we were. Right. So I'll be like in the room sleeping. <laughs> and then if I hear him saying like, you know, oh, don't say that because God wouldn't be happy or whatever. I'm like throwing out the covers, flying out the room. I'm like, don't tell them that. What did I say? You don't tell them. Da, da, da. And like, I just feel like, oh my gosh, I don't want my kids more so than him because, you know, like he's a grown, grown man. I'm like, I don't want my, which is, it's a me thing. What I'm working on is just rel relinquishing that fear and control of like, I don't want him to influence our kids in this way because I'm raising them to be wild and free. And I don't want them to get that kind of programming. Oh, God's going to be mad. Or like, you know, don't do that. That's bad. They don't know anything about like the devil or sin. They've never heard of that um, from us or anybody. But I'm just like, I don't want you telling them don't do that because God will be mad. And they know my daughter was actually like, what? God doesn't get mad. God is love. <laughs> like, that's what I teach them. I'm like, God is love. God is the trees moving. God is the water flowing. God is the butterfly that flew by. God is that red cardinal. And he's just like, <laughs> sometimes he's go, sometimes he's like, Darcel, like you are wild. And I'm like, you're right. I absolutely am. And I embrace that. And I honor that. And yeah. I'm raising three children to be wild because I don't want them to fit into the system. So I, I, I totally feel you. Sometimes it is really challenging, especially if you love the person to say, wake up, like, wake up. This is fear. This is, you know, programming wake up. But yeah, it's just like challenging, very challenging. And especially the more I grow and evolve, the more I'm like, there's a part of me that's like, man, I really would love to have a partner who is on the same wavelength. And I'm being honest. And we've Absolutely. had this conversation 
um, before where I'm like, I don't want to spend my lifetime translating my soul. I don't like, I really and truly don't. And some days I'm like, I wish we spoke the same language. So I wouldn't have to constantly be explaining or saying, you know, let's lay down and I'll give you a sound bath. And you're like, oh, it's the devil. <laughs> it's like little things where I'm like, oh, it would be so nice. And again, I have to come right back to grounding myself and saying, Darcel, you can hold this vision and imagine that beautiful future. But at the same time, you have to find gratitude and peace in the now. Hold yeah. that imagination of you giving him a sound bath and whatever else, but do not sink into, oh, uh, with only, and there's somebody else. And if I could just, and I have to, it's a, it's a fight. It really is. But, you know, he's a great guy. So he makes it easy. It's not, it's not too, too bad, but right. it's challenging. I realized all my stuff was coming from, I thought my way of seeing, and tell me if you agree, but my way of seeing having been awakened was the right way to be. Right. And his sure. way is wrong. For sure. And I was like, I'm a total hypocrite. Like right. that is not even like, if you look at the spiritual way of being, right, right. it's love and honor and right. acceptance. And I was like, I am the opposite of that. Right. I think I'm above him. Right. And For he's sure. down here. <laughs> And I need to change him, right? And it was yeah. like, it took me a while for me to realize like, wow. I know. <laughs> we get these opportunities to practice what we preach. Right. <laughs> for sure. And maybe who knows what we, and I keep thinking like, obviously at some point I agreed to this before I came here, yeah. I agreed to having this partner. I attracted this specific partner into my life at some point for a reason. There is a lesson in it. There yeah. is a healing in the hurting. Mm -hmm. That is like a motto I walk with. There is, there is somewhere in there, there is a seed of healing in the midst of this hurting. And it's up to me to dig and get my hands dirty and get in that soil and find what is it? Like, what is the seed of healing that's present here in the midst of my hurting? And like you said, it's very challenging when it's in your own home. And especially when it's like, oh my gosh, a marriage and a life partner and then kids but the kids I, it's the kids I uh, feel like if you're just with a partner that like doesn't think like you I think you can navigate that much e easier but when you girl. have offspring together that you are raising girl. I mean I get fiercely protective when I hear him like spout something like Christianity yep. and I'm like yep. like you said I would like I'm like no we need to talk about this like right 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 but they think that they're doing based on their experience and their knowledge they think they are doing the right thing as a parent sharing what they know religion right. based right and then you me we think we are doing the best as moms with right. our knowledge and our who's right right yeah they're it right and then we say oh there is no right it's all so it's it's very true i like i said it's definitely a mindset thing where i'm like darcel you have to trust that whatever seeds he is planting, they are going to land for the betterment of your children and they're going to be good. And based on what you have planted, those are going to land. And then you have to trust in the sovereignty of your children's own yeah. knowing and it will work for their good. Like I can't profess that I believe, oh, I'm a sovereign being and blah, blah, blah. But I don't believe my children are. Like yeah. what is, yeah. either we all are or we all are not. <laughs> Yeah. What I've taught them too. And it was like, you are free to believe whatever you want. I said, everything I tell you, you, you don't have to take that in everything you hear from right. a teacher, from your father. So I think more than every, anything, like obviously you want to raise them, you know, to the best of your ability, but at the same time, like I always preach to them, you decide what is your truth. 
Nobody right. can do that for you. You know, right. and because they're in open subconscious mind up until about eight, they're just downloading everything, right? Not questioning anything, just the nature right. of being a little human. Right. So I'm constantly reminding them that you have choice, you have power right. in what you believe to be true. And then right. I also teach them a lot of tools. You've got yours are still a little younger, but mm-hmm. I do, my oldest is 15 and we do hypnosis weekly. So oh, she, awesome. I, yeah. So all about body image, self-love, all that. So like she has access to these tools and I've taught her self-hypnosis. So she can drop her own self into that. Yeah. And so it's like, if we can get tools to the kids, right. And they can undo some of the programming that they don't find to be helpful, you know? Right. For sure. So good. So, so good. Phew. Well, that's it. I wasn't even on my, my, (laughs) I have a list here in the relationship. That's what I said. I just be open to the organic flow. Right. You know, there are other women in similar positions that are having these same challenges. Right. For sure. So hearing us navigate that I know can help bring, it's not easy ladies, but it's possible. I did want to ask you about your relationship with money Mm -hmm. and how has that uh, been something that you had to work on, especially like being in your own business. Has that ever been an issue for you or you always been on the right side of money? Um, Yes. There's been times where I'll say, oh my gosh, you know, that feeling of like scarcity or the feeling of like, I need this to happen or I need that to happen. Um, that definitely has come up. And I think it, it goes back to like the mindset. It's all about your mindset and just reminding myself, well, if I believe that I am love, if I believe that I am worthy and all these kind of things, then it's like, well, that has to apply um, as well to the money aspect. And I have to believe that money flows abundantly to me. I am worthy of money. And it's, again, it's all about that mindset. And yeah, it has to apply across the board. What I'm saying, I believe in. Yeah. Okay. I come from a very different uh, experience from money. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's definitely it? been a challenge. Just severe scarcity. I don't even oh, know if it was I like mean. actual, like in reality scarcity, but like what I was taught and shown and experienced younger right. Right. I had this belief a lot. And I think a lot of people have it, right. I'm not worthy. Um, Those people are bad, you know, rich people are greedy and kind of like the societal kind of toxic money beliefs. So that's definitely been a journey that I have been on, but I'm so glad to hear. I think a lot of women don't play bigger. Right. For sure. Because, because of this, like, well, I don't, I'm not worthy or deserving of massive amounts of wealth. Right. Right. So I think it's a conversation that's worth having. A lot of people are having it now because if we can get these tools to women, you know, and they can, it's all subconscious bullshit. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. How do you, and then what do you do um, to like come out of that? Girl, I have done so much reprogramming. <laughs> yeah. It was like two years ago. I made, um, every year I set intentions. Mm-hmm. you know, kind of for what I want to, to accomplish or experience that year. And I, I think it was 2018. I was like, I am going to heal my relationship with money. I mean, it would right. give me panic attacks, anxiety. It was bad yeah. depression. Like, right. and it was all, my bills were always paid. It was all that tape just right. playing. And so I made a commitment and I got myself like a ton of resources and I got some courses and I, I did the work. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And so I've really been able to re it's all a reprogram. That's what I teach all my clients. I'm like, you are a computer system. Right. And you sure. have, you have been downloaded with a certain program. And I'm like, but all you have to do is change the program. Right. 
Like right. you're not stuck in any which way. You just have to, to take out the program and put a new program in. And essentially right. that's what I did. It's amazing. So powerful. Yeah. Jeez. I think if more women had more wealth, we'd have a different world. Right. You know? Super different. Yeah, that's that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Tell me um, your journey to be, did you have a life before the one you have now? As far you said you had an awakening in 2018. Did your life look very different or not so much or kind of what your path to where you are today? Um, it looked, it looked different. So it wasn't like in, it was more internal again, it's all about the mindset. So I had a very different mindset, um, in 2018 and it was a lot of, I'm not worthy. A lot of, mm -hmm. I'm not deserving of this. Um, not a great self image, body image. Um, you know, I had kids pretty close together, like a year and a half, two years apart. Yeah. So a lot of like drowning in motherhood, drowning in, like my identity, trying to find myself after having a baby. And then just as I feel like I got my footing, bam, another kid. And I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, I'm like, man, trying to find my identity again after having two children, because that's an adjustment. And then just as I felt like I had it together, bam, another kid. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, and when that happened, I just wasn't in a good place, um, maritally, financially, spiritually I wasn't really sure of just going through a lot and having a third kid being pregnant I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna die I remember literally laying on the floor like took the pregnancy test crying my eyes out because I was like you know what I was just thinking you know maybe my husband and I were like let's do some counseling things are just not great I was like I'm gonna die here and there was this a still small voice right like voice of God and it's like listen just take three minutes and just imagine if you didn't die, what would life be like on the other side if you make it out of this? And I laid there and I just thought, just that's why I'm saying the power of a seed is unmatched. The power of a thought is unmatched. So I just thought, what would life be like if I made it? What would I want? What would I want? And I said, oh, I'd want to be um, in love with my body post three kids. I'd want to be in love with my stretch marks and be in love with you know, my new identity as a mom and I'd want to be confident. I'd want to help other women. I'd want to believe that I was worthy, believe that I deserved beautiful, great and glorious things, even though it didn't look like that. But I started, you know, listening to like really good lectures by Neville Goddard, reading more books, playing binaural beats, just all these things. Yeah. And literally like that was my dark night of the soul because I was rock bottom another kid, not great marriage, not great financially. And I was like, this, this is not going to work. And six months later, after doing these affirmations and shifting my mindset and constantly pouring into myself, focused on what I wanted to see, not what I was actually seeing. Um, I came out of it. And I say, I call my youngest, my Phoenix baby, because I'm like, I was incinerated that older version. And I came out of it like fire, like gold. I came out of it an entirely different person. Yeah. Entirely different. And like Darcel Bing was born in 2018. So I'm like, man, it was a lot, but that pain that I experienced has now become the medicine that I mm -hmm. offer other women and that I offer myself continually reminding myself, Darcel, if you came out of that, the way you did, you can absolutely come out of anything. And how was your business born? How was that journey? 
it was born um same 2018 out of mm -hmm. that um coming out of the fire i started darcel being books which was conscious books positive psychology for children and i did a lot of um it's like my curly quilly crown and i am super I did these books that were helping kids do affirmations and love diversity, things like that. And um, the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute actually picked up my books as curriculum because they were, I guess, drawn to the energy and the positivity. And then- so Was that the first thing you did? That was your first action after the awakening was the children's books? That was the first action after the awakening. Was I that started. inspired because the, the babies that you had? Was it, it like was. next generation? Okay. It was, and I thought to myself, well, what's the easiest and best way to package what I've learned. And especially because kids, we all know, subconscious mind is open. Yeah. I was like, oh, let me start with the children. And I started with positive psychology books, teaching love yourself, love. And I did like curly hair, love your hair, love the way you look, love it, be in love you with it. You animate them yourself or you found an I animator? Know. I found a, um, an illustrator on Fiverr. That's so I went Fiverr and did um, <laughs> an illustrator and, but I did like, I'm a poet, but first and foremost, a poet and a writer. So I did like the poetry, the writing. And then I told her like what I'd like. She did the illustrations. I put it together. And within like a month, I had my first book, like ready to go. Yeah. And it did well. So just again, the power of a seed, the power of believing I can do this thing. I do you can have do any like around you? I see your dear mama's huh? behind you. Do you have any of the yeah. kids books? I don't, that's so terrible. Okay. Let me see, hold on. Huh? But you know what? I have my phone, so I'll pull it up from there. Are you yeah, still writing them or you just have those, the ones you created? Yep, I'm still writing. I have um, actually my next children's book is due to come out in February. So I still write and I, I'm still in touch with my illustrator. And it's just a matter of um, timing because what I did in during 2020, when everything went nuts, I actually had my book translated into Spanish. So I did like a Spanish version of my book. And then that was wonderful and beautiful. And this is, um, so my curly coily crown. Oh, that's beautiful. Is it, uh, can you get it in paperback or it's only yeah, it's paperback? Mm -hmm. okay. I just pulled it up on Amazon. So okay. yeah, it's on paperback or the Kindle version and uh, trying to see. And then I did like a boy's version because, you know, boys they go through so much with oh big boys don't cry and all this like terrible programming that's yeah. not true um so I did a book for them that's like hey you don't have to just be a sports star or if you know if you want to great but that's not all you can do you can also talk about like art and things like that so I am super that's awesome I bought so I have a son my youngest is a son so mm -hmm. Wayne Dyer has a kid's book Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Hay has a kid's book. Oh, like so all, cool. Yeah. So he has all the kids books from like the real popular, you know, spiritual writers. So right. that's like all the books I would read him all the time were those that's types so cool. of books. Yeah. So it was like early on getting those messages downloaded about, I think they intuitively know, right? Mm -hmm. They intuitively, they're already connected to spirit. And if you can keep that open longer, they'll carry it into adulthood. Right. So you true. Know? So these books are so important. I'm, ugh, that's incredible. That's really Thank incredible. You. I didn't, I didn't, I have to look into Wayne Dyer's um, children's book. I didn't know he had, I love Wayne Dyer. I didn't know yeah. he had a children's book. Oh, uh -huh. that's awesome. Okay. A lot of them, a lot of the writers that you mentioned, cause you mentioned the same ones I read. A lot of them have children's books. I did not know that. Yeah. Super cool. Okay. I'll look into that. Is it new? Is Wayne Dyer's book from like a few years ago or? I don't know. Okay. I don't know how new it is as well as 
you know, a couple years or whatever, but it's like relevant. Right. Okay. It teaches you, cool. It's like 10 life lessons or whatever. And it like, it's, it's, it's really cool. My son likes it. Yeah. Super but cool. I would get him all like the woo spiritual books. Like that's all the read books <laughs> I would read to him. <laughs> He's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Cause they don't know any, but it makes sense. Right. So I know you talk about seeds. Every time I read those books to him, I know they were seeds planted in his subconscious. So even if I never read them again, he'll be connected to those ideas. Even when he's like 25, right. that seed I planted when he was three, you know, he's going to resonate with the truth of right. some experience he has or something he hears because of those moments, you know, that's right. the power that we have as parents. Absolutely. So true. So after the books, what happened? Um, so after the books, I went into, again, trying to, not trying to, but um, looking for other ways to connect with people on a broader scale of like, um, let me really find my tribe or get plugged into women who are also going through an awakening or women who just had children and they're struggling with that identity shift. Because again, um, as you know, having children is an identity, it's a birthing of you every single time. Yes. And uh, it's a lot to navigate sometimes because we don't, as a society, talk about um, the spiritual aspect of motherhood. We don't talk about well, you're going to give birth to yourself as well. Mm. So um, I moved into, I started my Instagram account and this was like early 2018, 2019, started an Instagram account and really um, just started sharing again, vulnerable posts and just trying to help other women know, like, you're not alone. It's, you're not crazy. You're not going crazy. You're not being ungrateful. Things that I was told on my journey, like, oh, Did you, you have any fear or doubt. Like when you um, started that and like putting yourself out there and like, did anything come up for you? I, I did. I had, I, I had fear for sure. A fear of rejection of mm. just like, oh, what if people say, you know, you don't know my story or like, oh, easy for you to say because you're not a single mother or you're not um, estranged from your family, things like that. And I had to, again, constantly remind myself, everybody's journey is different. Everybody's journey is different. And um, something that I struggled with the most was just like people pleasing was trying to structure my life and my message and my posts around, well, how will my family receive this? Or how will the church members receive this? Or how will my friends receive this? And that was my greatest struggle, um, breaking free of people pleasing and just understanding if I live for the praise of people, I will die to the praise of people. I would die from the criticism and rejection um, of people. And I had to break free from that. And, you know, along the journey, like 2019 into 2020, it was the constant recurring theme of like, you have to stop people pleasing. Um, I found that I wasn't elevating or reaching as many people as I wanted to yeah. because of the way I kept trying to structure the message or make it more palatable or make it, um, appeal to this person as opposed to just being authentic, just being myself. And 2020, I really started moving into like doing workshops, just like stepping out in faith and saying, I'm going to do workshops for women and have it about um, people pleasing or being yourself, taking care of yourself, becoming yourself, things like that. And as I kept stepping out in faith, I kept jumping um, before I saw how this was going to work. That's when I really, yeah, really started growing. Um, by doing these like leaps of faith, quantum leaps, right? Leaps of faith. And I found that people pleasing is still the biggest theme that I post around, that I create workshops around, that I 
coach around. It's helping women. And I actually have some men clients too, to break free from people pleasing. And in my journey, that has been my greatest pain, people pleasing. Mm. Most of the, with my client work is uh, like worthiness. And okay. I deal a lot with body image. That's primarily my focus with my hypnotherapy practice is helping women heal um, negative body image, which is just perception, right? right? And right. we go to the subconscious and we do a lot of inner child healing work because it, you know, essentially is kind of connected there to the trauma, right? The wounding and the rejection. But again, imagine a woman who felt amazing in her body. Like you were saying on the floor, you know, the pregnancy test, like, or just after the babies wanting right. to feel like you just wanted to love yourself, like no matter what, right. You know, my stretch marks, my, like all that. So, um, I, I work heavily with ladies. I find that that's like the number one reason that stops them from like going big. Right. Right. They want to go to a, uh, an event, a party or see their family or like, and they go to get dressed and it's just soul crushing. Right. Or going shopping, you know, to buy new clothes. And then right. it's just, again, soul crushing. And so if we can get these women to like feel amazing, right. They become unstoppable. And that's Absolutely. very connected to the, to the self-love aspect. Absolutely. And at the root of um, people pleasing, which I share in workshops often at the root of people pleasing, it is the fear of unworthiness. Like the fruit of the tree is people pleasing, but the root, the foundation, the seed, it's a feeling that I have to perform to be worthy. Whether you were a kid mm -hmm. and your mom said, you know, you really got praise when you made straight A's, but when you had a B, you were grounded. Like that is a seed that tells you, you are only worthy if you perform right. or whether it was you were praised because you were so pretty. They loved your eyes growing up or you were the only one with sandy brown hair, whatever you were praised for. Yeah, that can absolutely be a seed that tells you, oh yeah, your worth is based on how you look. So now you find yourself performing, you find yourself proving, you find yourself hustling, you find yourself um, sacrificing, doing so much just to show people I'm worthy, I'm worthy. And that presents as people pleasing, which we know people pleasing is all of those things. Yeah. Saying yes. When you mean no, um, overextending yourself, taking the blame, over apologizing, all or proving yourself doing too much, you know, all of those things. I Looking found for that validation, like externally, right? Tell me I'm okay. Tell me I'm lovable. Tell me I'm acceptable. Absolutely. And if I can just do a little bit more, that would really show them that, you know, this is why you should pick me. This yeah. is why I'm worthy or going after again in relationships, um, emotionally unavailable people, because mm -hmm. you want to prove to yourself, well, if this person picks me, then I must really be worth something because they are notoriously unemotionally, emotionally unavailable. So if they choose me out of all these people, if I can get them to open up, I must really be worth something. And wow. it's over in my life, the theme in my client's life that I kept on saying, it's like literally going after people <laughs> knowingly that, you know, even if we're like, oh, I didn't know, you know, on some <laughs> level, we all know, <laughs> you know, so picking people that are not emotionally available because we feel like if they choose me, then I must really be worth something. And then what happens when you guys break up or it doesn't work out, right back to square one where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not worthy. And look, this is proof because this person didn't choose me and walked away. Yeah. And it's the narrative over and over. And that's why I said people pleasing and that root of unworthiness. It is like, if you can uproot that, you will be well on your way to 
shifting your mind and stepping into any and everything you want and deserve. What are your best tools for your clients and your workshops? Like, what do you help to, to teach them to help them, you know, increase worthiness and disconnect from people pleasing? I do, um, meditation and a lot of, like I said, a lot of my clients do come from like a Christian background, which is totally fine and wonderful. Um, so I'm mindful of that. And I just explain, like, again, meditation is the art of observing yourself. You're not, if you don't want to chant, you don't got, you don't have to chant to whatever you're comfortable with. And I just um, share that it's the art of sitting with yourself and understanding you are not your thoughts. You are not your emotions. You're the observer, the consciousness, the energy, the spirit. Right. So meditation, um, journaling, a lot of journaling and just getting that release, moving it from the head to the heart, to the paper and getting that energy to move from the body. So yeah. a lot of journaling, a lot of meditation. Um, Is the meditation guided or silent? Guided meditation. Like okay. either, um, I do a lot of walking you through visualizations because uh -huh. again, the power of the imagination and the seeds you can plant. So a lot of um, visualization. And then also I do have like the recorded meditations depending on what the element is, the medicine for it. So yeah. that, but what I have found personally is people do, which, you know, I guess it's how we're connected and wired. People do better with like the one-on-one -on -one guided meditations of having someone, having presence, having someone there to hold space for you and to say, hey, like I've been there and now I'm going to walk you through and help you to be your own healer. And that's like the number one tool um, I have found with coaching clients is like, reminding them that you are your own healer you are your own guru you are your own pastor deacon priest you are your own healer every single time and my job is to be the mirror the vessel the container mm -hmm. the safe space and to just um be that voice to remind you that listen i am certain i am so very sure that you can become all that you desire i know it just like god is sure of the caterpillar becoming the butterfly it's a knowing, it's a recognizing, it's being that reflection and saying, you, you can literally do anything you want to do. I might, you know, I can walk with you as we find the tools for it, but I am 110% sure you can be whatever version of yourself you want to be. You can. Yeah. So does your, did, did you set out back in 2018, like, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to do this thing, or did it kind of like naturally evolve into like, Darcel being books and I'm going to just write and then like the next step be shown to you as you go or did you have like big vision picture of everything that was going to like unravel and unfold over the next few years for you it was a step by step it was okay. I started with the books and then and I think that that is for me for my journey that's like again a recurring like all of life is these patterns and like the spiral and it really is in my life like oh you need to understand you're not going to see everything set out before you, but every time you take a step, like a video game, the next step will appear, but you have to be willing to take the next step. And that's how it was. It was like, oh, I'm going to do, I'm a children's book author. And then I noticed I actually moved into, oh, there are other authors who are not sure how to self-publish. So I started coaching other writers. That's what it started as. Me oh, wow. To self-publish and helping them to, um, get content developed or get their ideas. I did that. And then from there, I was like, man, I really love the one-on-one -on -one aspect of helping someone take a seed and bring it to life into a book. But little you did too. I know, yeah. it was like, you know, it's going to be personal um, development and one thing after another. And then the post and then just being like, man, and I've honestly been coaching since college. When I really look at it unofficially, 
this is what I do. I've always been an encourager. I've always been someone who inspires. I've always been someone who loves to make space for people um, and let them know you're heard, you're safe, you're supported, because those are the things that I craved in my life. And I've always been someone who gives that to other people. And um, I share that with a lot of women. If you're not sure, what's my life purpose? What am I called to do? You can find it by looking, especially at in romantic relationships, what is it that you desire the most from another person? What is it you've told yourself? What's that voice saying? Well, I just wish somebody accepted my body or I just wish somebody really loved my poetry. Whatever it is that you are desiring the most from somebody else, that is the medicine that you are being called to give yourself first and foremost, and then to offer the world. And if we can just back up and see that, like me, I always, oh, he just doesn't, he just thinks I'm too much, or he just doesn't love me the way I want to be loved. And I just want more X, Y, Z. And then I found, oh my gosh, okay. When I give myself this medicine, I'm actually able to offer it to other people and encourage other people to offer it to themselves and then to other people and so on and so forth. They're always a mirror for us. That's what I teach my clients too. Like as hard as it is to look at, Right. Because not only for the positive, but for the negatives, the things you don't like in somebody, you know, you need to integrate sure. and work that out too. Cause all they're doing is just projecting and mirroring back to you. So what right. you want from a partner, you said it beautifully. And if we can stay in a place of like observation, right. And then allow it's all feedback. That's all it is, but we're traumatized and we get, you know, cut off and disconnected. And, but all it is, is like neutral feedback. Right. And if we can stay in a place of self-worth and self-love and take in the feedback, then we can make those conscious changes right. and then elevate, you know, to next level version. Right. For sure. It's beautiful. It's complex, but it's, it's really, it's really, really beautiful when you look at how we're so interconnected and it's yeah. so many levels and again, very complex and it can be challenging, but when you can step back and look, it's like, oh my gosh this whole system and world, it's, it's really beautiful. It really, really is. Do you find, cause I find this, like, I'm an excellent coach. I love what I do. I'm good at what I do. And then to do it in my own life, like kind of like what we were talking about with the husbands, like right. I can speak all day long, right. Wisdom and tips and techniques. And then I'm in my own house and my own relationship and I'm hyper aware, right? Because it's what right. we teach all day long. So I recognize when I'm out of alignment or when I've right. said something, I instantly know that I was out of integrity, you right. know? And because when you live at a higher level and a higher level of awareness and, con and consciousness, like other people might be fine, but I know what just happened and I can't remain out of integrity, right? So I'll have to go address it and probably apologize or make the situation right or somehow elevate, right? So I think there's a level of your responsibility when you live at this level. For sure. You know, it, and it also, I'm hyper aware because this is what we do all day. Right. So it's not like ignorance is bliss, right? When we go it's home not. to our kids or our husband, right. like I'm aware of every interaction. I'm aware of the frequency of the words I, I chose to say. Right. I'm aware of like, I'm projecting onto my husband right now. He's fine. Right. I'm the one in an angry mood and I'm projecting <laughs> that on him. Right. And using him like, right. When you know, all this, what do you, you know, it's like, I feel like I have to be more responsible than someone who doesn't right. know. Do you feel absolutely. that to be true? I absolutely do. I absolutely do. Especially when I am, um, 
talking to and interacting with my husband. Again, that's the number one um, relationship that I'm like, oh my gosh, because I'm evolving in X, Y, Z. It's <laughs> like, yeah, especially because I know the power of words. I know the power of seeds. This is like you said, this is what we do. So I have to be so mindful and I do have a heightened awareness. And sometimes it annoys me being honest. It really annoys me because I'll be like, oh, it was so much easier when I didn't know. Because yes! <laughs> now I'm like, okay, but now that I do know, seriously, it's like now that you do know, you can't just be, you know, going in here arguing and doing crazy stuff because you know that everything you're saying is a seed. And especially if you know that the other person, you know, like I said, he's a wonderful guy. He's not, a, he's a great person. So it's like, you know, what you're doing is not conducive to health for him personally. It's yeah. not conducive for your health because you're elevating your blood pressure, the, all the cortisol is being released. And it's like, since you know that, yeah, you have a greater responsibility to be the peacemaker and to be the one who initiates communication, especially if you know that the other person is not as well versed in communicating. And right? like, sometimes it is annoying because I'll be like, oh, why does it have to be me? And it's like, well, it's what you chose. You I know? know, like sometimes <laughs> I just want to be a jerk, right? I just want right. to be a jerk and blame my husband. Right. And then I'm sitting there going, I know this is all about me, right? Everything right. that I'm projecting on him has nothing to do with him. I'm the asshole. I'm right. the one, right? Yeah, it's right? Crazy. But it's just, I just want to sit in my pity party. But when you know better, you know, exactly. it's like, damn it. Yeah, if you know better, I think it was Dr. Maya Angelou, like, if you know better, you have to do better. And yeah. otherwise, again, um, because I know, we know the power of seeds. I know that what I'm planting is going to bear fruit. I know this. It's not like I'm guessing or I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, no, I know that every seed I'm planting, especially in my marriage, Every single seed that I am planting is going to grow. Is this fruit that I want to eat? And I, it's just like, oh, but you know, you got to sit with it and then come back to it and just be like, all right, Darcel, breathe, do some breath work and right? be that, be that bigger person. I think that because we're held to that and because I act on it, right? I, if I ever feel out of integrity, like that never sits right. And I will take the action to, to correct that. I just, you know, when you're hypersensitive or sensitive to energy and all, you know, so I'll, I'll do what I need to do to correct the situation. And what that does though, that invites my husband, I'm, I'm showing how to model, right? How to be in a mature, respectable relationship. I was wrong. And I realized I was wrong and I was projecting onto you and I apologize. I'm willing to look at my own self and this way and this way and this way, right? I'm going to do the work to integrate that. When you come to somebody with that, you know, like he just looks at me, goes, okay. You know, like, (laughs) but what that does is that shows his subconscious too. Like that's downloaded. Right. And I'm sure he'll use that. And I do right. that with my kids too. I'm not afraid to apologize or say I was wrong. Or I'm very human in front of them right? because I want them to see the pattern of how a mature relationship happens or just even yes. human interactions. We mess up, but right. don't ever be afraid to come back and have right. a conversation about it or apologize if that's necessary. Right. Absolutely. You know, yes. great lesson, great lesson for them. Yeah. Same way. And like you said that, um, that encourages me too. like, like I said in the beginning, some days when I'm like, oh my gosh, it's 12 years. We're just at different levels. What am I going to do? Am I going to leave? Am I going to stay? That also reminds me, I'm like, you know what? Remember that this is a great 
garden. This is a great field to plant seeds and see the power of intentional gardening. You can plant seeds and see the power of, again, honoring where he's at, um, learning acceptance, learning to relinquish control, learning to not be judgmental and say, he is wrong. His way is wrong. I'm the only one because that's literally the same thing that religions all over the world do and other people. I'm right. Only me, you're wrong. So it's reminding myself, I can plant these seeds even in the place that is frustrating me the most currently. I can plant these seeds and say, because this person is worth it, because he's worth it, because the relationship is worth it. I can plant seeds of non-judgment, of acceptance, of learning to let go. And above all, remember, like you said, he is a mirror. All of these things that are annoying me and triggering me about him, that is where I need to do my shadow work and figure out where is this stemming from? Why am I so bothered by this? Why is it so triggering to me? And as I do that work and find, oh, it's because, you know, oh, this person did this to me when I was a kid. And I felt like, oh man, now no one will ever like me. I'm being bullied. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Now let's work on healing that. And then the next time it won't be as triggering or as annoying. But again, it's easy when you're with clients or sitting on this beautiful podcast with you to talk about it. But then when application is just like, oh my God. Oh yeah. Just wait till your kids get older. Oh my gosh. I can't. (laughs) <laughs> they will show you every unhealed oh, man. part of you. I can't, like, I have a six-year-old. My daughter's six and the other two are boys. But even now at six, she says some stuff and I'm like, what? But I'm doing like conscious parenting, like no spanking or anything crazy like that. And even so, I'm like, man, first thing I say when I was a kid, I could never have blah, blah, blah. And then I have to stop and think, wait a minute. But was that healthy though? Was that healthy that I wasn't allowed to voice my concern or feelings and I had to just you know no stop that be quiet whatever and I have to say well I'm choosing to do it this way for a reason but yeah children oh my gosh that's that's I can't even imagine when they're older because even now I'm like sheesh but yeah (laughs) the teenage years right my husband and I we almost divorced like twice in our 18 years one was a few years ago and it you have to discern like you were talking about do I leave do I stay Like you have to discern, I had to discern, am I just running away because something's uncomfortable? Right. Right? Because looking at the other person doing the shadow work, none of that is fun or comfortable, right? There's usually pain and hurt and tear, right? And unearthing of some garbage inside. It's much easier. It seems much easier to just quit and run, right? It's not working out. We're done. Right. And so we were, or I was, I was like, I was throwing the divorce word around. Right. And, um, because I was really unhappy and then something happened. I think I had like a mini awakening Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my God, this isn't even about him. This is about me. I'm uncomfortable. I'm unhappy. And I was just, you know, threatening to, to just end it. Right. And I softened, I apologized. And then I went to work. And that right. work was not easy, but I can yeah. tell you our marriage got a hundred percent better yep. because I think when one partner commits to doing the work, the other partner, you, you almost have to, if it's going to work right in their own way, whatever that looks like. So I got to work and I didn't see him do anything, but I can tell you our relationship got much better. I don't right. even know if he did anything, but I changed, <laughs> I changed. Right. And right? that was what's important. 
Right. Exactly. So like, um, I have a whole new perspective on my relationship now because I was willing, but it's easy. It's easy to cut and run and run right. away because we're uncomfortable. For sure. Right. You know? Clean, I, you know, it's cleaner in a way, cleaner. It's like that clean break and you can just, but, but nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it with another woman who could benefit from its message. Also, if you feel inspired, please do leave a five-star review. It helps support the show and gets our message to more women. If you're interested in becoming a client for transformational coaching or a hypnosis session, you can find me at amityrose.co to read more about what I do and how to work with me. Don't forget to add me on Instagram. I am Amity Rose for daily content and inspiration. As always, thank you for being here and I love you.